0: to how to support and use your hormonal cycle to live a more vibrant life in the flow, even post-menopause. Welcome to today's Menomini. All right, today I want to talk about using your cycle and how you get going on that how do you actually start to use your cycle? And I wanted to start with a little bit of math, okay? Actually, no, I don't wanna start with the math. I wanna start with, for those of you who may have just joined in or maybe following me because I talk about, hey, you can lose weight effortlessly when you use your cycle. I'm not lying. And there's some misconception about what that actually means, like, Is it effortless? It can be. And like everything, there's everything new, there's a learning curve to it, right? And when you are learning to use your cycle, there's some backup knowledge we need to back up and collect because most of the people who come in and want my help, are starting to go through some of the symptoms of perimenopause. Maybe they're having irregular periods, maybe hot flashes, maybe brain fog. Maybe their interest in sex is like in the damn tank, right? Or they're just not sleeping very good. And it's these bigger symptoms that are drawing them to what I have to say. And I think that's great. I mean, that's totally what I'm here for is I want you to sleep better. I want you to want sex more. I want you to lose weight and be, have a healthy, be a healthy weight, not go through this, oh my gosh, I've gained 40 pounds in the last two years, right? Or if you have, let's get rid of it in a kind of effortless way. But there's a learning curve, right? Because, here's where the math comes in. I am gonna speak from my own numbers. Your numbers are gonna be close to this, right? Probably. I started my period when I was 12. I started the initial symptoms of perimenopause when I was 36 and here about 48, like things started getting serious. And now here we are at 50, but let me do a little bit of math. Let's assume that from 50, from age 12 to 50, that's 38 years. Good God almighty. Okay. Assuming 12 periods per year, that is 456 periods. Or bleeds. I'm going to call them bleeds because I don't think everything we have is a period, right? And this is going to be dependent on um, what kind of birth control you used, right? Like, I was on the Depo-Provera shot for a while, so obviously there were a couple years that I had, I didn't have periods. I went through one pregnancy, so there's another 10 months I didn't have periods. I was on the birth control pill for eight years, something like that, right? So those weren't cycles, those were periods, right? And I didn't, I didn't have any knowledge that there was a, you know, I was like, oh, okay, here's my, here's my hormone cycle. But now as I look back, I'm like, no, I wasn't being taught about my hormone cycle. I was being taught about my period. I was being taught about my period. I was taught, being taught about that week of bleeding. I was being taught that I might have PMS and it might have some uncomfortable symptoms but I wasn't being taught about my whole cycle, right? I wasn't being taught about the follicular phase or the luteal phase or ovulation. Maybe we touched on ovulation a little bit. I mean, we didn't want to get pregnant, right? Um, but I wasn't being taught about how how do these hormones work? Not just estrogen and progesterone and testosterone, and but I wasn't being taught about cortisol or insulin or ghrelin or any of the Many, 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 many other hormones that we have, right? And I wasn't being taught about how, how does cortisol wake you up? How does cortisol adversely affect you? How does cortisol positively affect you? How does melatonin affect you? How does dopamine, how does ghrelin? how does leptin, how do these things affect you in relation to the whole estrogen, progesterone, ovulation cycle? right? The cycle. It's a cycle. And it goes over and over and over and over and over again. Right? I wasn't being taught about that. And I wasn't even remotely curious about it till I was in my mid-30s and started going, what the heck is going on with my body? Right? And by that time, I mean, um, TMI, I don't know. I had my tubes tied when I was 29, maybe 28. Right? So at that, from 28 on, all of those p- periods have been cycles for me, right? I, I wasn't actively trying to, to suppress my hormone cycle, okay? So from 28 to 48, there's 20 years. That's 200 plus cycles. I wasn't paying attention. Even at 36, when I started getting curious, I wasn't paying attention, right? I would pick up little things like I remember... It was probably close to 20 years ago now. One of my girlfriends talking about that she gets constipated right before a period. And I was like, huh, I have literally never paid attention to that. Hmm. But then I started paying attention to it and going, huh, yeah, that does happen to me sometimes. Right? Or um, I noticed, started noticing some of my older personal training clients would like have like coarse whiskers once in a while. And I was like, huh but I didn't really think much about it. Right. Um, I certainly knew that I had PMS. I certainly knew that I had cramps. Right. But I couldn't have told you when I was ovulating, cause again, I didn't care. Right. And it wasn't until I really started digging into this work with hormones and learning some of the things to even pay attention to. Right. Like, I call it whisker week, right? Um, So we've got estrogen, progesterone, and we've got testosterone that kind of gives us a bump there right in the middle during ovulation. Well, as the estrogen and progesterone bumps start coming down, then that testosterone bump, that doesn't really ever change. But relative to this, testosterone starts taking on a bigger role, right? So you've got estrogen, progesterone, and you've got testosterone, right? Um, and so testosterone starts taking on a bigger, a seemingly bigger role. It doesn't take on a bigger role. Just everything else is taking on a lesser role, stepping back, right? Does that make sense? Okay. So when testosterone is high, higher, when testosterone is having its bump there around ovulation, we got to think about if it helps you to think about men, right? Um, What's going on in theirs? When their testosterone is higher, their libido is higher. You know why our libido is higher around ovulation? Because our testosterone is higher. But also, you know, survival of the species. We need to have, we need to have a higher libido to, to impregnate, right? But what else happens during that time? I call it whisker week, right? Some people just get like one. Some people get. Some people get on a full-on thing, right? But when is it most coarse? When am I plucking hairs? Huh, right there during ovulation. Isn't that fascinating? Hmm. hmm. Yeah. When am I more tired? During my period. I am more tired. Right? Because testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, they're all in the tank. So I'm tireder. Tireder? I'm more tired. What are some of the other things that you could pay attention to? Your energy level, right? Um, your charisma. We watch too much for Paul's dry Charisma, uniqueness, talent. Charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent, right? So around ovulation, plus or minus five days in either direction, your charisma is up, right? You are more beautiful. Like, this is a scientific fact. You are more beautiful. You are more outgoing. You are the life of the party when you choose to be social during your ovulation, plus or minus a few days, right? Because we've got to draw in the sperm so we can get pregnant and survival of the species, right? But if we've never been taught that and never really paid attention or had anyone point out to us that, hey, this happens very cyclically, I'm not saying you don't want sex every day of the month. Maybe you do. I don't know. But you I feel like most of us have these, uh, not tonight, honey, I don't feel like it. Um, kind of times. And times where it's like, again, 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 in the morning, in the noon, in the like again, 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 right? And maybe it's not as hot and heavy as when you were seventeen, but right like but if you're paying attention to it you might notice that even as you are in your 40s and into your 50s and beyond we there's a time there's a few days a week during the month that we are naturally more horny right frisky that's the word i like more frisky brain stuff today right so you, you want to pay attention to that. You want to pay attention to the times where um, planning is much easier for you. If you watch your cycle and yes, we all have work that we have to do every day. But have you ever noticed that some days your work is just like, oh my God, this is so hard. It's so hard to focus. It's so hard to do the math. It's so hard to do the things versus other times where it's like, boom, done boom, done, boom, done, right? And if we can plan our work to line up with our our cycle, then it's gonna be easier, right? So during your period, it's kind of like, let's review the month, Let's, let's review. How did we do on our goals? And how can we, going forward, improve upon them? And then the next week is, What's what's the creative process? What are, what is something that we want to get done this next month? So we looked at last month. What's what do we want to do this month? Then, as we pass through ovulation and our, our charismatic times, we do things like public speaking and networking and and um, outgoing things, meet and greets, stuff like that. Plan them then during your um happy shiny phase. You know, plan it then. Like be. Be purposeful about that. And then as we pass through that, we are looking for a, for a feedback time. Hey, I've created this thing. Hey, I have this really great speech. I feel it was really great. Can you tell me how I could have improved upon it? We have this time of the month where we're very open to, to feedback. And then we start slipping back into the time of the month where I didn't ask for your damn feedback. Back away from me. We'll talk about it when I'm ready, right? So we have these mental things, too, that go along with the hormones, right? But I bring all of this up because we've never paid attention. Most of us have not paid attention in our 450-some-odd cycles. That when we get to Denise saying, use your cycle and you can lose weight effortlessly... And then you start delving in and listening to Denise a little bit further and she starts talking about 125 grams of protein and she starts talking about doing exercise this time of the month and that time of the month and strolling only three miles an hour and drinking this much water. Denise, you said this was gonna be effortless. And then you start talking about um, cold foods and hot foods and this is when you take your cold shower and this is when you get in the sauna and you start talking about um, seed cycling I was like, this is so much work. I've never done this before. This is too hard. (laughs) Yeah, I don't care. It's only hard because this is not part of the diet culture that we have grown up with. Because for the last 40 years, we've been taught calories in equals calories out. Carbs are bad. Fat is bad. If if we're going to exercise, we have to exercise hard, but not that hard, right? Like 15-pound dumbbells and um Huff and Puff Walks, right? And so Denise starts talking about, no, you need to lift weights. And Denise starts talking about, oh, I've got to track my protein. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're not paying attention to the fact that you're eating, you're stopping every day at the local convenience store and getting a donut, there's gonna to have to be some changes, right? If you're like, I don't know why I'm gaining weight, and you don't track the fact that you're eating that 500 calorie donut every morning. Just saying. Changes have to be made and you can use your cycle and your cycle's telling you to quit using so goddamn much sugar. Quit using so much sugar. Or you can have the Persian, might I recommend like once or twice a week, but if you have the steak beforehand, it's gonna hormonally affect your body differently. Very differently. You have to start thinking about it that way. And if you've never been taught that, then it's hard. If you've never been taught that you, how much eight cups of vegetables look like, it's hard. It sounds daunting. But in reality, a lot of people, by the time they've gotten to me, have been eating vegetables. They just don't know how much. That, they have some vegetables with supper. Maybe they have a salad at lunch. I don't, And so it's not nearly as much as they think, but because they've never tracked it or never measured it, they're unaware of what that means. Right? Same with 125 grams of protein. Oh, my God, that's so much protein, Denise. It can be. It can be. I mean, the number of times I sat across the desk from someone telling me that they get plenty of protein and then I ask them to list it out. And because I, as a personal trainer of 20 years, know that a four ounce steak is about 30 grams of protein, four ounce uh, burger, five ounce burger, same. Chicken, a little bit less, 25. Egg, six. Right? As they're telling me what they have and I'm like, is that it? Is that it? Is that it? So you had like 60 grams, and they're like, no, 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 I had way more. No, you had 60. You've never learned the numbers, right? You've not tracked long enough to just know the numbers. I'm not saying you have to track for 20 years, but I am saying when I did a bodybuilding competition back when I was 29, I learned the numbers. I knew exactly how much was going in my body. Also not saying you have to do a bodybuilding competition, but I am saying you need to have 12, 10 to 12 weeks of okay, I'm gonna weigh and measure my food and get a really good handle on what this is, right? There's apps now, you know, that track it really easily and quickly. So there's some tracking, there's some learning to use your cycle. It's not just, oh, okay, it's not a diet and things are gonna start falling off because I'm thinking about my cycle now. No, that's not how it works. As with anything, like think back to when you decided to do keto. Or intermittent fasting or or whatever your go-to diet weight watchers how many of you know how many points an egg is or how many points oh geez that point thing drove me nuts right you can have a piece of cake and blow all your points or you can eat a lot of vegetables and not and you can not be hungry all day right Um, how many of you know those things right because you tracked them for a while you tracked them and you learn them. So same thing with using your cycle. In order to lo- lose weight effortlessly, you do have to learn to look at a steak and go, 30 grams of protein. Oh, no, that's a 10-ounce steak. That's actually 60. Of course, my body can only absorb 35 to 40, but whatever, right? And when you get used to prioritizing the protein that I talk about during the use your cycle thing and Okay, you can have the Persian, but have the protein first. And you start to think differently, not just about the calories in and the calories out and how much protein it was, but you also start to think about um, what's the hormonal impact of this food? What is hormonally going to happen that overrides all that calorie in and out shit, right? If you eat the protein first, your insulin's not going to spike as high. If your insulin doesn't spike as high, it's not going to store as much. Versus you have the Persian, your sugar spikes, your insulin spikes, you store everything. I mean, the Persian is still going to add some caloric properties, right? The same goes with a stroll. I always talk about strolling. Get as much strolling in as you can a day at 2.8 to 3.2 miles per hour. Yes, I want you to stick to those speeds. And, you know, very early on, I had a close friend say, But Denise, I want to go faster. I'm used to going faster and huffing and puffing and pumping my arms and getting. (sighs) Cool. Knock it off. Right? And I talk about that repeatedly. And you have to learn to walk at a 3 mile an hour pace. And if you're not on a treadmill, if you want to walk outside because there are far more hormonal benefits to walking outside than on a treadmill, but walking in general is far more important than doing nothing. Right? But in order to learn what does 3 miles an hour look like? Maybe you got to download an app that tracks what your pace is. Are you is it taking you 20 minutes to walk a mile? Or is it only taking 15 and then you're walking too fast and We're doing different hormonal impacts are happening. So we need to start learning about the hormonal impacts. And there is a learning curve to using your cycle. You've got to learn what your cycle is and you've got to learn the hormonal impacts. And maybe you have to learn to eyeball food because a lot of us don't accurately eyeball food. It takes practice. And all of these things take about 12 to 16 weeks worth of practice to really start melting. So are you willing to put in the work, the pre-work in order to have an effortlessly effortless cyclical weight loss pattern and bend and move with your cycle instead of just trying to force through it. Right? One of my protocols in the user cycle method is to fast two days a month during during the progesterone phase, the luteal phase, the end of your cycle. Do you know when that happens and why we do that? And why we don't want to just willy nilly pick days to fast because it's not as hormonally impactful during the first half of your cycle as it is during the second half. And are you doing it in such a way to not raise your cortisol? Other hormone impacts, right? So while using your cycle, can make weight loss feel effortless because that fasting day, I'm not gonna lie to you, mentally, it sounds like an awful thing, but when you start timing it right, I do not even miss food that day. And also I don't go completely 100% calorie free. That's not quite the hormonal impact I wanna have. Okay? So if using your cycle is something you're thinking about, but you think, geez, Denise, now you have to track all these things. I need you to know, as with any diet thing again think back to your counting your points or counting your grams of protein when you did keto or all of the things you did you didn't just know how to do it you didn't just know how to cook keto you had to practice it and you did have to write it down for a little bit so when you learn to use your cycle you do have to practice for a few cycles and i say cycles because it's not like oh i can learn this in a month you've only gone through one cycle And every week of your cycle is a little bit different, right? But definitely the progesterone and the estrogen phases are different. So you've got to go through about four cycles to really start kind of getting it down. So just a reminder that while losing weight with your cycle can be effortless, you do have to learn the curve first. And I would love to teach you more about that curve. I would love to hear more about your cycle experience. I would love for you to learn more about what generally happens each week of the month. And your cycle. Not just your period and PMS. Anyway, I hope you are having a fantabulous day. I look forward to... Chatting with you again soon. If you've got any questions, drop them in the comments. Leave me a note, leave me a message. I look forward to meeting you again. Denise Wellick Peterson, Use Your Cycle Method. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Thanks for listening. It would mean a ton to me if you left a review or passed this podcast on to your best gal pals and hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you have any questions, be sure you join the Menopause Project on Facebook. Until next time.